They sure do copy us, don't they? They look at us, they watch us, and they become like us. What a powerful video for our men today, but not just our men, parents in general. Before I get into the message, I want to tell you that we found some keys here to someone's car. It has a little shield on it. I don't know who those are, but I'm going to put them right here, and after service, you can pick those up. Now, this car looks like it's newer than mine, so if you don't, um, if you don't pick it up, I'll be on a new ride. Amen. <laughs> you know, the Lord has ways of working stuff out. Um, <clears throat> in this series of messages, God is challenging me. God is challenging me first because I am your pastor. All the messages that I preach here at Whitley Church, I get it first. I get it from God first. I, I got to tell you all, in some of my sermon preparation, right in the middle, I just stop and roll off the chair or wherever I'm at and just get on my knees. And uh, they kind of frown on that at Starbucks, but I know what I have to do. <clears throat> and I just ask God to forgive me for stuff. And I ask God to help me do better and be an example of the things I preach. So I get it first because it isn't my word, it's God's word. And then I bring it to you guys. So this is a series of messages that challenges me. And then it challenges all the men of Whitley Church and the bridge to rise up in obedience to the scriptures and become the men he has called us to be. Our text And I could have taken text in many places in the Bible. And when our video clip, Ephesians, is mentioned, and there's tons of teaching in the book of Ephesians on men and their role in the home and what they need to be doing. So I could have gone there. I could have gone to many Old Testament characters and could have gone to some of the great stories in the Bible, and we could have taken the sermon from there. But God led me to Psalm 128, verses 1 through 6. And we're not going to read all of that today because we read it last week, and you can read that on your own. We're going to focus in on two or three verses from that chapter today. But in Psalm 128, verses 1 through 6, we find a very clear um, layout for God's plan for the man. God has a plan for this man God has a plan for every man in here. I'm not talking about your individual plan and purpose. He has that for you as well. We all have different things that God has called us to do. But I'm talking about men in general. Generally what God calls men to do and be. So let's take a brief look at what we talked about last week. And then we're going to come back and pick up on the message for today. Last week we talked about the fact That if you are a real man, and I know what the Bible, I mean, I know what the world says what a real man is, and uh, I guess it's somewhere between, uh, you know, Rambo and Terminator, I don't know, but uh, I'm I'm getting my age right there, aren't I? Our teenager right there going, who who are those people? Um, But um, if you're a real man, you're going to have a faithful walk with God. You're going to have a faithful walk with God. And uh, we read about that in Psalm 128 and verse 1, the faithful walk. Blessed, anybody here want to be blessed? Amen. Happy, blessed, happy, that's what that word means, is everyone who does the following. Now, a lot of people come to me and they say, I don't don't read the Bible, Pastor, because I really don't understand the Bible. No more excuses about that. 
not with all of the study helps that we have in our day, with the study helps on the internet and the different paraphrases of the Bible, there is no reason why you should not be reading the Bible and studying the Bible. And when you tell me you don't understand it, what you're actually telling me is that you're not reading it. Because this verse is crystal clear. You could teach this verse in kids' church today. The preschool children would understand this. The teacher would look at them and go, do you want to be happy? And they would go, yeah. And she would go, do you want to be blessed? And they would go, yeah. And then the teacher would say, well, you got to do this. And then she would list these things. You must fear the Lord. And that doesn't mean tremble, quake, fear. doesn't mean anxious. It means honor, respect. Give him preeminence in your life. Revere him. Uh, carries that same thought, that same idea. Worship him. And let me tell you that the next sermon series is going to be on prayer. The sermon series after prayer is going to be on the word of God. How to make it alive in your life. And then after that, going into Easter, we're going to do a series on worship. Worship. So God's got some great plans for us this year. If you miss out on growing in God this, this new year, it's going to be your fault. Because we are going to put it out there and we are going to challenge you to grow and develop in your intimacy with God. So he says, if a man will fear, revere, and worship the Lord, he will be blessed and happy. Anybody don't get that? Piece of cake. Then he says, he goes on, he says, the man or woman who walks in his ways is going to be blessed and happy. Then he says, the man or woman who lives according to his commandments, that person, that man, that woman, that parent, that child, that teenager is going to be blessed and happy. Last week we learned that the man is a picture of something in his house. He is a symbol of something, a type of something. He is a picture of Almighty God. Now guys, that ought to intimidate you right there. You are to be a picture of God in your home. I didn't say you are God in your home. I've met a few guys who thought that. But you, you are not God in your home, but you are a picture of God in your home. Now, I told you last week, and I want to reiterate this. In the kids' church, we're teaching the children right now this morning to call God Father. Well, when you go and pick them up after, after church is over, they're going to call you Father. So in their little mind, they're going... He's father, and they told me to call him father, so I can't see him, and I can't really, I don't know at my age level now how to really commune with him that much, so this man must be like him. And guys, that ought to fall on you like a ton of bricks right there. You ought to wake up, if not for your own self, for your children, rise up and be the man of God in your house. Men are a picture of Almighty God to their children, and they're a picture of Jesus Christ to their wife, because the Bible says that Jesus, that the man is to love the woman the way Jesus loves the church. You see, Jesus is the groom, and we who have been born again into the family of God, we are the what? The bride. And so the man is a picture of Almighty God. I didn't say he is Almighty God. I didn't say he is Jesus. I said he is a picture 
of Almighty God to his children. He's a picture of Jesus Christ to his wife. Therefore, he is to fear, revere, worship, walk faithfully in the ways of the Lord and walk according to God's word and God's commandments. By doing this, the man will give and present a proper and accurate representative of God in his house. Number two, this is what we want to talk about today. If you're a real man, not only are you going to have a faithful walk, but you're going to have a fruitful work. A fruitful work. Look what it says in Psalm 128 verse 2. Now we studied verse 1 last week. Let's look at verse 2. Let me talk about preaching here for just a minute. I, I love talking about preaching. One of the ways I like to preach and really one, the way that I personally believe that you're able to dig deeper into the word is by preaching expository messages. Now, I don't always do expository messages. Sometimes I'll do a topical message where I will read a, a verse uh, as a kind of a jumping off place to, to begin the sermon. And then we'll just go to different places in the Bible to, to support a particular truth in the Word of God. That's topical preaching. Expository preaching is when you choose a passage of Scripture and then you go verse by verse through that passage. And that's what we're doing here. And the alliteration, I, I hope you all notice I do alliteration. Um, uh, the first one was a faithful walk. This one is a fruitful work. I, I told the group at the bridge last night, when I, when I make my points with the same letter, each point beginning with the same letter, that's not so much for you guys. As I get older, it's hard for me to remember. So if I start everything with the same letter, it helps my memory just a little bit. So we're talking about the fruitful work of the man. Look what it says in verse 2. For you shall eat the what? Fruit of the labor. So there's that fruitful work of your hands. He's talking to the man here. Here comes that same word again. Happy, happy, blessed shall you be. And it shall be, oh, I love this. I love this. It shall be what? Man. Don't y'all like it when it's well with you? Don't y'all like it when people say, how you doing? And you're able to go doing good and you really are. Have you ever noticed that some people will actually tell you how they're doing when you ask them that question? Well, I got something hurting right back here. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> so, for you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. Happy, blessed shall you be, and it shall be well with you. Look at these incredible promises of God in Psalm 128. He says, do you want to be happy? Yes. Do you want to be blessed? Yes. Do you want it to be well with you? Yes. And then God goes, well, here's what you got to do. Here's what you've got to do. So here he's talking about the labor, the work of a man. And in this part of the sermon series, I'm going to talk about, <coughs> for lack of a better word, I'm going to talk about what I want to call the instincts of a man. I want to talk about, actually, I'm going to talk about that as it relates to the ladies today, too. You ready, ladies? All right. Thank both of you. Um, I want to talk about the can't help it. We got women getting mad at men for stuff they can't help. We got men getting mad at women for stuff they can't help. Because God put instincts or proclivities or leanings or tendencies or inclinations or urges. He put some in the women and some in the men. And then he thought, 
I am bored up here in heaven, so I'm going to make them all different. So the woman has certain tendencies and instincts, and the men have certain tendencies and instincts, and sometimes we, they clash. So we're going to talk about some of those today. We talked last week about the chromosomes and how they determine the differences between male and female instincts. So let's look at some of them. Number one, men, and this is generally, this is not, this is not 100%, but generally, men tend to be tough and strong, and women tend to be gentle. Uh, women uh, tend to be more gentle and tender than the men do. Now, that's not always the case, because I know some women who could beat up their husband. I do know of a few situations like that, but they're very rare. Um, but men do tend to be a little tougher, stronger, exterior, the women more gentle, more tender. Here's another one. Men tend toward logic and linear thinking, and women tend toward, and this is not a bad thing at all, ladies. I think sometimes you feel like we're cutting on you when we say this, but we're not, because, boy, if we didn't have this, uh, our homes would be a, a boring and terrible place to be. So the women think more emotionally. And, and verbal communication. Here's an example. At the end of the day, the man comes in, the woman comes in, and the woman says to the man, how was your day? And the man has one word. It does not matter how the day has actually gone. He has one word. It was, when you ask the woman, how was your day? She goes, I got up at seven and we love that about y'all, really. We don't get a lot of the stuff you're saying, but we do try to grunt and moan from time to time to let you know we're still alive while you're talking. I mean, that's just the difference. And we get mad at each other about that. And we have to have counseling about that. Look, let me tell you something, ladies. You need to see, there are some things about your man you need to accept. There are some things about your woman, guys, you need to accept. Because God made us that way. Y'all with me? The woman tends toward being, or the man rather, the man tends toward being a risk taker. He's ready to go for it. You know, men will, will change their careers. You know, they'll, they'll just, um, you know, have ideas, see things, be challenged. Men are always wanting to conquer and do new things and accomplish, you know. It's really important to men. So they're risk takers. Women, on the other hand, prefer security. And order. And when the man comes in at the end of the day and said, I decide I'm going to quit my job today and uh, I'm going to give him a two weeks' notice and then I'm going to start looking around, we'll be fine. And she goes, Okay. And then she goes to the back bedroom and falls apart. And the man feels a sense of relief because he's going to get to quit working for the jerk he was working for. Amen. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, the man in his relationships is a little more insensitive. You know, men are more insensitive. Can I, can I just give you guys a little advice right here? When your wife comes in at the end of the day and starts talking about people at work or she starts talking about her boss or whatever and that she's being treated unfair or she feels like somebody on her job, she does not want you to fix it. Because here's what we do. woman comes in, she goes, I'm telling you, she said that, and then she gossiped about me, and I got in trouble with the boss because she told something on me that wasn't true. And here's what the man goes. He goes, stop talking. I'm going down there in the morning. I'm going to be there at 8.30 when they walk in that door, and I'm setting some people straight. She does not want you to do that. You say, well, what's she telling me for then? 
because she wants you to listen and feel her pain. And then she wants you to just go in there and get the remote and do whatever it is you do. (laughs) So men are more insensitive, women are more sensitive. The man looks toward the long haul. The woman is concerned about the here and now. Kind of goes back to that other thing I was talking about where... Um, you know, men, they'll say, well, we'll make all these changes. We'll do things different. We'll sell the house and we'll get another house. And, you know, down the road, we'll be able to do this. And see, guys are fine talking like that. Women are freaking out when you're talking like that because they love security and they love order and they love the here and now. They're not really worried about so much down the road. They're worried about, are we okay right now? Am I right, ladies? The man tends toward uh, being more skeptical, more suspicious. You know those commercials? Have y'all seen all these commercials come on TV? I'm telling you, if this stuff worked like it works on TV, honest to God, and then you get it, and it's a piece of junk. And a woman sees that, and she goes, I'm going to have one of them. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have one of them right there. And, you know, she's got the credit card, and, you know, and you're going, sweetheart, that thing don't work. That thing's a piece of junk. Men are more skeptical. Women, and I'll tell you why men are more skeptical and men are more suspicious, because they have an instinct in them, we'll talk about it in just a minute, they have an instinct in them of being a protector. They want to protect their family, they want to protect their wife, they want to protect their children from scams or being taken advantage of. The woman is far more believing and far more trusting, usually, than the man is, and here's why. She is a nurturer. It is the nurturer in her. Okay, so which is right and wrong? Actually, they're both right because God made those those tendencies, those proclivities, and he put those in the man and in the woman. How many of you know Gary Smalley? You ever heard any stuff by him, Gary Smalley? He's excellent. Um, First marriage retreat we ever did in 1990, and even some marriage retreats after that, we used a lot of his material. Gary Smalley said the difference between a man and a woman was like the difference between a butterfly and a buffalo. And so the woman is like a butterfly. She's beautiful. She's gentle. She's fragile. She's very sensitive to things. And just like the butterfly, she's kind of even sensitive to the aroma of the flowers around her. And she picks up on those things. And she sees those things. And and she observes those things. And and men um, are not like that. As a matter of fact, uh, Gary Smalley gives the illustration that if you took a pebble, a tiny little pebble... And you stuck it to the wing of a butterfly, that butterfly would thaw. That butterfly would not be able to even fly at all. And a man is more like a buffalo. If you stuck a pebble on a buffalo, he wouldn't even know you stuck it on there. He's just going full bore ahead, and that's kind of the difference. He doesn't even notice the flowers, much less the smell of the flowers. Um, Let me just give you guys a little hint. When you drive up to your house, and I pray in the name of Jesus that God will help me with this personally. When you drive up to your house, observe to see if she has planted something. And when you walk in the house, tell her, did you plant something new? And she'll go, yes, I did. And you'll go, I, it was just beautiful. I'm going to tell you, sweetheart. Thank you so much for the way you keep our yard, the flowers and everything so beautiful. And I just appreciate that so much. I'm going to tell you, that night, (laughs) that's all I'll say. 
See, you go work out, you got your muscles and you got your hair, you know, and you come in and you're like, what's up, baby? And you think that's what she's looking for? <laughs> Nada. Nada. She wants to know, did you see those flowers when you drove up? I'm telling you guys, you can forget that one if you want to, but it's a biggie. I remember Millie planted some flowers one time and I just got a new lawnmower. <clears throat> I was like, so we'll break this in for you, baby. <laughs> you know, um, y'all get that? <laughs> break the, break it in for her. And uh, so I'm out there, and I see these things sticking up out of the ground. Well, they just look like long grass. I didn't know they were going to turn into flowers. And I'm like, all right, and then bragged about it. Got them weeds over there on the side of the house. Got them weeds, yeah, man. Whew. Not a good day. Not a good month. Um, so why are men like this? Because they're like buffaloes. Men are strong, not very sensitive. Does that mean that because a man's like a buffalo, he's a brute? No, doesn't mean that at all. You can't blame him for being a buffalo. That's how God made him. That's what his nature is. God made men the way he made men. He made women the way he made women. And ladies, if you're married to a buffalo, thank God for it. Tonight in bed, just lean over there and kiss him on the cheek and go, my buffalo. <clears throat> now, to say that a man is, is like that does not mean that he's rude. So you guys don't treat her like dirt and then go, Pastor told you I was buffalo. Tell him, just tell him. Uh, don't cut it. That don't work. To be like that doesn't mean you're rude or crude or it doesn't mean you're macho or, you know, like Rambo Jr. That's not what he's talking about. Matter of fact, let me give you an illustration, and a good illustration is our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ was the man who ran the money changers out of the temple. I mean, Jesus came in, and they had turned the church into a flea market, and he went Braveheart on them. I'm tell he went, he went uh, um, Indiana Jones on them because he got a whip, and he swirled around his head and cracked that bad boy, and he ran them out of the temple. Our Jesus... I mean, they're running. So Jesus was a man's man. He spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness with the wild beast and the devil. You don't do that if you're a wimp. Our Lord was a man's man. But you know what the Bible says about him? It says even though he was a man's man, he was tender. He was meek, gentle. The Bible says Jesus was a man of sorrows and a man of tears. And a man of kindness, a man who would let little children just come. And the children wanted to just crawl all up over him. And when the disciples tried to take him away, Jesus said, not only do I not want you to take them away, you need to become like them or you can't go to heaven. And that meant that you have to become receptive. You have to become loving. You have to become open to the word. Women often get frustrated because their men act like buffaloes. Men get frustrated because women are like butterflies. So let's look at three things really quick. So I know what time it is. And let's look at um, three things that God put in the man. Three instincts that God put in the man. Number one, God put it in the man to provide. God put it in the man to provide for his family. Um, Genesis 3.19 is the first uh, we see of that, or, or one of the first places we see that, 
when it says all your life, and God's talking to Adam right here. He says all your life you will sweat. All your life you will sweat to produce food until your dying day. Now this was after the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. And before they sinned, it was not set up this way. But since they sinned, then God said one of the sin curses is that you will labor You will work and you will provide food all the days of your life. And God was saying, for the man, it is not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy because he put in that man the strong urge to provide. Now, I want you to listen carefully to me this morning. When a man feels unable to do that, When he is unable or he feels like for some reason, whether it is in reality he's not providing for his family or whether in his own mind he thinks he's not providing as he should for his family, I'm going to tell you that man is going to have some devastating issues in his life. Now you ladies hear me on this. It is essential for the wife and the children When possible, for you to express to your husband your appreciation and your recognition for what he does to provide for your family. You may not have a house like the house down the street or a car like the car down the street. But if your husband works and labors and is not a lazy man and he provides for his home, he needs to hear you say it. Listen, just like you need to hear him talk about those pretty flowers you planted. Just like you need him to say, isn't that a new blouse or isn't that a new dress and you look so good in that. I don't know a woman in the world who doesn't need that. I don't know a woman in the world who doesn't need those those words in her life. And I want to tell you, ladies, that men need that too. Now, they're not going to tell you because, you know, we're cool. We're good with it. We don't need all that stuff. We, we're men. Let me tell you something. The other day, <clears throat> I was sitting in my chair and I was pecking on the computer as usual. And Millie was just kind of just going around the house. And I could tell she was happy because she was singing and stuff. And once in a while, she would just pat me on the head. So I knew she was happy. You're a good boy. And, um, and, a little, and then she said, all of a sudden she said, I want to thank you for buying me, buying me this pretty house. And I got to tell you, man, I knew we couldn't be in the house if she didn't do what she did. But she didn't say that. She didn't say, I, I, I want to just thank the Lord because both of us are able to contribute. and we're able. She gave me all the credit. She said, I want to thank you so much for buying me this pretty house. And I'm telling you, that went so deep inside of me. And that meant so much to me. And ladies, if your husband is being insensitive and and he seems distant or he seems angry or he seems um, lethargic or whatever, you know what? He might just need some encouragement from you. He might just need to know that somebody noticed what he's doing. And you say, well, I tell you, we don't live in a very nice house and we don't. You know what? Don't wait till then. 
to be thankful. Just look at what he does. Give him credit for what he does. Pat him on the back. Go by like Millie did and just pat him on the head and go, you're a good boy. You know? And encourage that man. Men need that. Now, I want to address another thing. We live in a day, we live in a time when um, really women often in a home will make more money than the man does. You know, I got to thinking about some people who make more money than their husband. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen their W-2, but I, I think Beth Moore. How many of y'all love Beth Moore? I got a feeling Beth makes more money than her husband. I, I mean, I don't know. He might not. There's one woman in the ministry on TV. I know she makes more money than her husband, and that's Joyce Meyer. I guarantee Joyce Meyer is a multimillionaire because of the success of her ministry, and her husband is there assisting her. But you know what she will tell you when she's teaching? Is that he is the spiritual leader in the house. He's the spiritual leader in the house. So I want to just say a word, and I'll do it quickly. But I just want to say a word to you guys out there who maybe your wife is, is in a position where she's making the most income right now. And, and I've pastored women who were bank presidents. I've pastored, <coughs> excuse me. I've pastored women who were CEOs. I've pastored women who were doctors and successful in sales. I pastored one lady in a church who was very successful in sales and made about twice the money her husband did because she could sell ice to an Eskimo. I mean, she was just really good at sales. And so she made most of the money. And, the, you know, some women attorneys, we, we've had some attorneys here at Whitley Church, uh, female attorneys, and they, they made the bulk of the income in their home. So that's going to happen sometimes. So when you guys sitting out there, when you're in that situation, and, and let me just say this. If you have a friend who is battling with that, you use this information that I'm about to give you. When God talked about the man providing for his family, I don't believe God was really interested in whether or not the man made the most money. I think what God was really saying was, sir... You have two responsibilities in your home. Number one, do not be lazy. Do not be lazy. We talked about David last week, and we know laziness is a sin because laziness led to lust, and lust led to adultery, and adultery led to murder, and, and all of that sin of David, boy, he paid for that a long time. He, he lost a child because of it, and it all started with laziness. So we talked about that last week. Don't be lazy. So listen to me, gentlemen. If you're not lazy, and if you are being the spiritual leader in your house, and you are setting, listen to this, you're setting the tone in your house that this is a house of God. This is a place of spiritual um, emphasis. This is a place that lifts up the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you are creating that environment in your home and you're very clear about your core values and you're very clear about your teaching and you stand up and you say, we have, we have limitations in this family. We have things this family does do and things this family does not do. And when you don't do what 
I've told you to do, then there are going to be ramifications from that. And you stand there and you be that spiritual man in that house and you be that loving, tender warrior, tender warrior, then I'm telling you, you, sir, are providing for your family. Now, your wife may be making most of the money, but you're providing for your family and God is well pleased with you. Amen, amen? So, guys, no regret. If she's making more money, you ought to look in the mirror and go, I am one smart dude. <laughs> amen, amen? So, no regret on that, guys. No shame if you're not lazy and if you are being the spiritual leader God wants you to be and the people said. Amen. All right. Every woman needs to understand that even if you are a CEO or a bank president or you make most of the money in the family, that there is an instinct that God has put in you, ma'am, ladies, that you cannot get away from and you cannot ignore and you cannot escape, and it is the instinct to nurture, to nurture, to nurture your children and to be a supportive and loving mate to your husband. Now, let me talk to women very quickly who, who haven't had any children. You have not born children. And maybe you're having some difficulty bearing children. Maybe you're having some difficulty there. And maybe the doctor has even told you there's, gonna, there's never going to be a day when, when you're going to have your own child. Or, or it's going to be a, a miracle if you do have your child. Then, then let me tell you something. Pray about do you think that was a surprise to God that you wouldn't be able to bear children? No, it's not a surprise to God. So God has a plan for you, a plan for you. There are children not being nurtured. There are children not being loved. Have your cry and, and, and have your time of disappointment, that's fine. But then go, okay, God knew this, so what is his plan? God knew this, so what does God want from me? What is God going to do through me that's very special and very different that if I did have children, I couldn't do it? What am I now free to do for the glory of God? Does that make any sense? So, so ladies, you are a nurturer to children. You are a support and loving mate to your husband, and you are to allow him to lead. Now, let's talk very quickly about the responsibilities of a woman. What is a woman supposed to do in the home? Ladies, you ready? Y'all out there? Hallelujah. Okay. Paul told Titus what to tell the women in his church. Now, if Paul told Titus what to tell the women in his church, and Paul was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and God decided to put what he told Titus in the Bible, then who is saying it? Not Paul, but who's really saying it? God is saying it. Jesus, the Lord. So let's look at what God says. And I want to tell you something. This is how it ought to be functioning here at Whitley Church. This is how Whitley Church ought to be functioning. And, and I just put that challenge out there. And, and we've got women's ministry. We've got some other things going on. Ladies, pr look at this. And, and let's see what God would say to us about being more strategic in this area. Uh, Titus 2, 4 through 5. These older women. Now, Paul said older. I didn't say that. I said experienced. All right. Paul said these older women must train the younger women. 
The older women need to train the younger women to do what? Well, there's a whole list, and I'm going to go through them. Number one, to love their husbands. Love your husband. If you're not loving your husband, if you're always putting him down, cutting him down, making jokes, and, and, and you really kind of, and, and Millie and I joke with each other, and I know a lot of you all do. I'm not talking about that, but little sarcastic things that you're really trying to make a point, and you're really trying to say, do you, you ever see people say something in a way that if you were to say it hurt your feelings, they would be able to say, oh, I was just kidding. That's very painful. That's very painful because you can't defend yourself. You, they cut you, and then they go, oh, I didn't mean anything, but that's no big deal. What's your problem? You know, you're too sensitive. So what is it, ladies? Are we too sensitive or not sensitive enough? All right? These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands. Do you love your husband? Verb, verb, action, verb. Love your husband. Loving him by actions, by words, showing him love. You're to love your children. Love your children. You are, ladies, to live wisely. If I was going to preach a sermon, man, this is an incredible six-part sermon outline. Live wisely. The next thing that uh, the older women are teaching the younger women to do is be pure. Be pure and holy. Be pure and holy. Let me tell you something. If you're sitting in here this morning and you're having sexual relations with somebody that you're not married to, you are committing a sin. Now, if you are not married and they are not married, it is called fornication. If you're married and you're running out on somebody and you're having relations, whether they are sexual or whether they are physical or not, that is adultery. And it is a sin. Come on, church. Man, we used to be able to preach on that. People would shout you down when you preached it. And now it's like, I don't, I don't know if I should say anything or not. It's a sin. It is a sin. And, and don't you stand in this church with your hands over your head praising God if you're committing adultery. Don't you do it. You get up here and repent and make things right with God. And that's not just about that sin, but I'm just looking at that sin here because it's talking about the woman being pure. You teenagers, I'm telling you right now, stay pure. Stay pure. You know, you, you teenagers who haven't had relations uh, physical relations with someone, uh, you can change that anytime you want to. But once you go ahead and have a physical relationship with somebody, you can't go back. You can't change that. You're in control as long as you say no. It isn't time. It's not time. Do you hear me? I love you and I'm your pastor and I'm telling you right now that the world and MTV and all of these sitcoms are telling you it's okay and everybody does it and it's just natural. I'm telling you in the word of the living God, it is a sin against God. <clears throat> Thank you. Be pure and take care of your homes. Now, ladies, I'm telling you, we're going to help you with that as soon as they come out with a riding vacuum cleaner. We're going to help you all with that. But they haven't come out with that yet. I keep looking in the Sears catalog. It's not in there. But that just means keep your homes in order. Keep things in order. To do good, do good. You ought to be doing good. We had uh, women from our church who went out this week. Um, now, stay with me for this whole story. Don't leave me. <laughs> but they went out to a, to a couple of gentlemen's clubs in our area and took baskets or took gifts to give to the girls who work there. 
think that's awesome, don't you? And uh, that's outreach. And then to just say to those women, Jesus loves you. Merry Christmas. Jesus loves you and Whitley Church loves you. And all Christians out here are not riding by with a sour look on their face. They're riding by with tears coming down their cheeks because they want you to know God. And I appreciate, uh, I believe Jared's wife, Amanda, organized that. And I want to say to Amanda publicly how much I appreciate her doing that. And I appreciate, appreciate all of you who went on that. I believe uh, Jared went. I've, uh, I've got to talk to him about that. But. <laughs> I was just there to protect them, Pastor. <laughs> and then, ladies, it says for you to be submissive to your husbands. And I know you don't like to hear that. We, especially you younger girls, you live in a, you know, this modern society. And every time we turn on the TV, you know, it's all about feminism and it's all about uh, women and men are equal. I, I'm all about that. I told you last week, God and Jesus are co-equal. But in the Bible, in the teachings of Paul and Corinthians... In the, in the chain of command, the father is over the son, even though they're equal. And, and that is the way it is in the home. The man and the woman are equal, but God said the man is the leader. So authority, the woman comes under that and follows. But guys, you got to give her something to follow. you got to give her something to follow. It's very important. And then the Bible tells us the result of that is then they, the husband and the wife, the women especially, will not bring shame on the word of God when you do those things. That's a passage right there, Titus 2, 4, and 5. You really ought to study that passage. Let me, uh, let me move on. The second thing that a man is is a provisionary. He's not only a provider but a provisionary. And I'm going to speak very briefly about this. Guys, listen, you need to have a vision for your house. If people come to Whitley Church and they're new, one of the first questions I get from them is, Pastor, before we commit to this church, what is your vision? We want to know what your vision for Whitley Church is. And so I begin to tell them, or we set up a time, and I sit there and tell them what my vision for Whitley Church is. And, um, <clears throat> and, and so, guys, you're the pastor of your house and really, you could go home if you wanted to and staple a steeple, staple a steeple, staple a steeple to the top of your house because your house is a church, you're the pastor, and whoever lives in that house, they are your congregation. And so as I have a vision for Whitley Church, I also ought to have a vision for my home, and every one of you men sitting here ought to have a vision for your home. And you ought to write it down. And you ought to write down your wife's name and then write down your vision for her and all that she will become. Because you are a man of God and you're going to create an environment where she can become everything God wants her to be. See, I'm going to tell you something. Men are going to have a lot to answer for when they stand before God. And the woman was not able to obey God and be all God wanted her to be because her husband wouldn't let her do it. Now, I'm going to tell you men something. You better be careful. You better be careful. If God's called your woman then you better let her serve and let her do the thing God's called her to do. Now, it all has to be done in balance, but, but don't hold her back. Don't hold her back. So the second instinct is provisionary. So provide a vision. Write that vision down. Now, that doesn't mean you take that vision and go, didn't I show you this vision? Because a lot of times men want to control. Men want to control their wife. They want to control their children. That isn't how people become all they can become. They, 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 you are that tender warrior. You are that servant leader. Servant leader. 
Jesus girded himself with a towel and washed the feet of his disciples. You are to love your family as Jesus loved the church. And that's how much he loved the church. He washed the feet of the church. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to what? Serve. Gentlemen, you are servers of your family. Be a provisionary. And that vision that you wrote down gives you something to pray over. It gives you something to work towards and hope for. Let me give you the third thing. The third thing is protector. Now, there are three areas where a man wants to protect his family. If he's a man of God. Now, if he's a man of God, he's going to want to protect his family spiritually. And you know what that means. You're to be a man of prayer. You're to be a man of the word. Listen to me. Guys, your children, when they're grown, they need to, say, they need to be able to say to their children, I heard my daddy pray. I heard my daddy pray. When you're dead and gone, you want your children looking at their children going, my daddy prayed. My daddy led us in prayer. Not one that he had memorized. God is great. God is good. Us thank for food by his hands. We are fed. Give us a little day of bread. Amen. I mean, sometimes when we do that prayer, we need interpretation. So your children need to hear you pray. Are you guys listening? They need to hear you pray. Your children need to hear you speak the word. Speak the word of God to them. You need to get up in the morning and right before everybody walks out the door, go, our verse for today is Haggai 4-7. And your children go, Haggai who? See, they don't even know who Haggai is because you don't speak the word to them. Speak the word of God to your children. And, and, you know, be that spiritual leader in the home. So you want to protect them spiritually. You want to protect them physically. You literally... If you hear a sound in the night, that protector in you makes you jump up and go, I'll tell you what, if somebody gets to my babies, he'll have to go through me. If somebody gets to my wife, he'll have to go through me. And then, you know, you find out it was the cat. But, <laughs> but you got that protector in you. It's that protector in you. And let me tell you something, when that wife is scared, don't go, oh, it's nothing. Get up. Make sure everything's cool. And then come back and go, it's all right, baby. I took care of everything. You're going back to sleep. All right? And she'll go, oh. Um, or something else might happen. I don't know. Anyway, materially, uh, they want to be protected spiritually. They want to be protected. They want to protect physically. They want to protect materially. And that goes back to what we talked about first with a man's provider. And he wants to know that his family has what they need financially, and he's protecting them. Now listen, listen carefully, and this is very, very important, and then I'm done. Ladies, you got to watch your man. you got to watch him, because when he becomes angry, something's going on. Something's going on. i got to tell you something. I deal with it all the time. There are a lot of angry men. And when a man is angry, it usually is because he feels like he's failing materially, or he's failing physically to protect you physically, or he's failing to protect you spiritually. Okay, so when your man is angry, something's out of whack and you need to pray for him. And pray for him and say, God, help my, help my man understand that he is a good provider. Help my man understand he is a good provisionary. He is a good protector. And God, just speak to his heart and help me know how to speak to him. And um, if your man's angry, something's up, something's wrong. If he's depressed, if he's withdrawn, if he's distant, if he's lethargic, if he's not talking, um, you, you need to just pray. You need to fast and pray for your man and try to talk to him. 
And if it's icy and he won't talk, he don't want to talk about it, just keep praying. Just keep sending up those prayers. The, the, the pray, those prayers are like a hammer. And every time you pray, it just breaks that hard, crusty heart. And he'll open up after a while. And you do that because you love him. Now, when a man provides and when a man gives vision for his family and when a man protects his family, let's look at what happens right here. Last thing. Psalm 128 and 3. Put that verse up there, guys. Psalm 128 and 3. Look what it says. It says, when you do that, guys, your wife will be like a fruitful vine flourishing within your home. And look at all those children. There they sit around your table as vigorous and healthy as young olive trees. Now, this, this language, of course, is poetry. And it also denotes the Middle Eastern culture. But, but look at that. The wife will flourish. The children will be healthy and vigorous. Guys, look at your pastor. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. There's a man here today or a woman, a boy or girl who does not know you. It is my prayer that right now they will bow their head and say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Just tell him that right now, mister. Just right there where you are, sir. Right there where you are, ma'am. Right there where you are, little ones. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to come in my heart. I submit myself to you. I give myself to you. I surrender to you. I've been running from you and I've been making excuses. But I'm not going to make any more excuses for today. Today, I will rise up. And I'm going to serve you. As you wash my sins away and forgive me and come into my heart. And I am born into your family this day. I am going to rise up and be this man the pastors described today from the Bible. I'm going to need a lot of help, Lord. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need the church to help me. I'm going to need all the help I can get. But God, if you'll help me, I'm going to rise up. And I'm going to be this man that I know all along I've needed to be. And I receive you and I walk with you from this day on in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking. If you resolved in your heart this morning that you're going to rise up and be that spiritual leader in your home, and maybe you re-resolved, maybe you resolved earlier, but you kind of recommitted that, would you just raise your hand and say, I'm going to rise up, I'm going to rise up. God bless you guys. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, thank you all for being here today. If you're our guest, make sure you pick up your gift before you leave. I'm going to hang around up here at the front. If you'd like to ask questions or have prayer, I'll be happy to help you. God bless you.